It's a great Sunday because we are beginning a brand new series of messages today called Voices. And I want to set this up before I get into my message because I can tell some of you, like, you're here for the first time. You're like, oh, great. I came to this church and the pastor's talking about hearing voices. What do I get into? Well, uh, we are going to talk about hearing voices, but maybe not quite like you think. And really the heart behind this series is twofold. One, over the next few weeks, I want to give you the opportunity to hear from some other voices besides just me. You're going to hear from some of our other pastors in church, and I'm so thankful and looking forward to what we're going to get from them. But I also want us to talk about the power of voices, because the voices that you listen to will determine the reality that you experience. In fact, if you want to summarize this entire series in a sentence, what we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks is that right voices equal right choices. Right voices will lead to the right choices. Now, there's many different voices in the world, but what I want us to focus on together in this message today and really dig into more over the course of this series is, is three particular voices. I, I want us to look at the voice of God. I want us to look at the voice of others. And I also want us to talk about the power of your own voice because all of these voices are important. In fact, Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 10, that there are many different kinds of voices in the world and none of them are without significance. In fact, I didn't put it on there, but the, the next verse in this passage says that if you don't understand the power of voices then it's not going to do you much good. I would tell you, not only will it not do you much good, it could do you much harm because what you misunderstand, you can misuse. And something that is meant to be helpful can end up being harmful because voices are powerful. Now, the reality is, is that there is no shortage of voices in the world. All of us are inundated with the barrage of voices almost every moment of every day. I'm not just talking about the thoughts in our mind. I'm, I'm talking about the things that come at us from different places. There's all sorts of marketing and advertising. There's the podcasts and the broadcasts that we listen to. There's the entertainment that we engage in from movies to television to music. There's the books we read, the websites we visit blogs, social media, all of those things, not to mention the people in your life, your friends, your family, your spouse, your kids, co-workers, all of these different voices. And within those, there are some to embrace and there are some to avoid. Because just like right voices will lead to right choices, can I tell you that wrong voices will lead to wrong choices. I'll get you preaching with me before we're done. So how do we cut through this sea of voices that exists in the world? Well, and make sure that we hear the right ones. Well, we're going to do this today by examining a passage in the Old Testament. We're going to look at a king who is not very well known, King Rehoboam. Now, even if you have grown up in Sunday school, you might not be familiar with King Rehoboam. It's not a very famous king. There's not a lot that is written about his life in scripture. Truthfully, this guy is not anybody that you would ever wanna emulate. 
But within his story, there's some key things for us to learn today. So I want us to look together in 1 Kings chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, we'll look there together. If you didn't bring one, no problem. We'll put the words on the screen. We can all look together. I'm going to be reading from the NIV translation today. I like to read from different translations, but this is what I'm looking at today. And a little pro tip, if you didn't bring your Bible and you want to follow along and make sure that I'm not making any of this stuff up, you can follow along for yourself by going to Bible.com, just downloading an app on your phone. That's what I use 90% of the time to read my Bible. I carry my phone with me all the time. I get a little verse of the day on my phone. It's just a great way to keep God's word in your life on the regular. And so you can look that up. 1 Kings chapter 12, if you're there, say, I'm ready. Okay, that's most of you. We're not waiting for the rest of you. 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1. says, Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone there to make him king. And when Jeroboam, son of Nabat, heard this, he was still in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon. He returned from Egypt. So they sent for Jeroboam, and he and the whole assembly of Israel went to Rehoboam and said to him, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam answered, Go away for three days and then come back to me. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. How would you advise me to answer these people, he asked. They replied, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them, and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. I want to use this passage today to help us learn some sound advice. In fact, this is the title of my message. If you're taking notes, I want to talk to you about some sound advice in our first installment of this series, Voices. Now, if you're new, it's always my custom to pray before we get into the preaching of God's word. So if you would, would you just bow your head with me? And I want to ask for God's help as we get into this. God, thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you always speak through your word. I'm asking that you would use me today, speak through me. Let what is said be exactly what people need to hear. God, you know what they're facing, what they're dealing with, and only you can take one message and communicate it personally to so many different people. I thank you that you will. I believe it, and everybody who agrees with that can say in Jesus' name, amen. I'm curious, I've never asked this question before. How many of you would say that you are good at giving advice. Don't be ashamed of it. Be proud. You're good at giving advice. If you didn't raise your hand, um, just let's talk to these people who have their hands raised. Maybe they can help us out. I'm surprised the moms didn't raise their hand on that one because let me tell you, my wife, she is good at giving advice. Um, let me flip the question a little bit. How many? Maybe you wouldn't say you're good at giving advice. How many would say you are good at taking advice. Is anybody who's good at taking advice? So I mean, the humble people on the front row. Um, for most of us, would you admit, it's a little easier to give advice than it is to take advice. Honestly, I have reached the point where I no longer give advice. I'm over giving advice. People come to me, pastor, what do you think about this? 
you're not going to get advice from me. Because what I've learned is that people really don't want advice. What they want is affirmation. <laughs> and if you don't give it to them, they will go to somebody else who will. People don't want to hear it unless you're going to tell them what they want to hear. Like with my kids, my kids don't want to know my perspective. What they want is my permission. Dad, can I do this? They don't want to know the ins and outs, if it's a good idea, bad idea, bad idea. They just want to hear yes. Well, that's exactly what's going on in this text. Rehoboam, he finds himself in this situation where he doesn't know what to do, but he doesn't want advice. What he wants is assistance. And I want to back up and tell you a little bit about Rehoboam because even though Rehoboam is really not that well known, he is significant at least from a historical perspective, he's significant. Rehoboam is the fourth king in Israel's history, but he's the third king in the Davidic dynasty. Three, of course, is a significant number, but that's not why Rehoboam is noteworthy. A little Bible history, David, of course, the Davidic line started with David. David was the greatest king that Israel ever knew. David, from a biblical perspective, he is the most quoted, most referenced Old Testament figure in the New Testament. David, it's said about him that he was a man after God's own heart. David was a military strategist. He united the 12 tribes of Israel. He conquered enemies, won battles, defeated giants. He was a musician. David was the man. Well, if David was the greatest king, David's son, Solomon... Solomon was the wisest king. Solomon, of course, what David did with warfare, Solomon did with wisdom. Under Solomon's reign, Israel experienced the greatest time of prosperity and wealth that they had ever known. Solomon was so wise that people would come and ask him questions just to hear him speak. Solomon, of course, David wrote many of the Psalms. Solomon wrote many of the Proverbs. Solomon experienced incredible peace during his time. So you would think by the time we get to Rehoboam, who is the grandson of David and the son of Solomon, I mean, this guy's got quite the pedigree. This guy has a lot to live up to. I mean, I mean this guy comes from a family of achievement. But when you think about all that David did, when you think about all that Solomon accomplished, Surely you think that Rehoboam has a few things that he's written. Surely you would think that, you know, Rehoboam has some achievements under his belt. Surely you would think that, you know, Rehoboam has some stories or some songs written about him. You would think that Rehoboam has it going on. But unfortunately, Rehoboam isn't really that well known for what he did. He's better known for what he didn't do. What he didn't do was listen to some sound advice. And that's what we're going to discover in his story. You see, where we picked up in the story, Rehoboam's dad, Solomon, the former king, has just died. That's why in verse 1 it says, all the people gathered to make him king. And at his coronation event, the people make a request. They say in verse 4, your father, speaking of Solomon, put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and heavy yoke he put on us and we will serve you. Now, this gives us a little insight into Solomon. Solomon, for all of his accomplishments and all of his wisdom and all the things that he did right, unfortunately, at the end of his life, 
he didn't do so well. He started strong, but he finished poorly. And that's why these people are making this request. You see, Solomon, for all the things that he did well, towards the end of his life, he became more concerned with the glory of Israel than the glory of God. At the end of his life, he was more concerned with building a great name for himself and for Israel, for the nation, than making the name of the Lord great. And in order to do this, his own people, he worked them like slaves. His own people, he put heavy taxes and burdens on them in order to advance the nation of Israel. And what's interesting, if you want to know how this happened, can you take a guess? How did Solomon go from starting out so great to finishing so poorly? Wrong voices. You can read about it in the previous chapter. Chapter 11, verse 4, it says that Solomon, he had all these different wives, and these different wives caused him to turn his heart away from God, turned his heart towards other gods, and it caused him to lose focus. Wrong voices lead to wrong choices. Well, so now in our passage, chapter 12, now that there's new leadership taking over, just like in our nation, anytime there is a leadership change, the people have two viewpoints. Some are simultaneously optimistic at what the future has in store, the opportunities, and some are fearful of the current reality. Some people saw this as an opportunity. Some people saw it as a crisis. And I'm just trying to set this up for you because I want you to understand that this moment in chapter 12 of 1 Kings is a heavy moment. This is a defining moment. Solomon has died. Rehoboam has just taken over. Not only has he lost his dad, but now these people have something that they want from him. And it's in this moment of both crisis and opportunity, in these moments of peaks and valleys, it's often those moments that are the hardest to hear. I wonder where you're at today. I wonder if coming in here you find yourself in a period of high pressure or low pressure. Or maybe somewhere in between. See, for Rehoboam, he's experiencing both. The loss of his dad, the leading of a nation. The kingdom is his, but with it comes a lot of responsibility. He's got these people that want something from him, but... He also has the opportunity to lead them well and do something right. Unfortunately, for Rehoboam, it didn't go so well. I want to pick up where we left off. I'm going to start in verse 6. So these people come to him. They want something from him. So the king, Rehoboam, consulted the elders who had served his father Solomon during his lifetime. He says, hey, how would you advise me to answer these people? Well, they replied, If today, say today, if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. See, these wiser, older individuals, they're trying to help Rehoboam understand that tomorrow's reward is brought by today's response. The things that you want to see happen tomorrow are determined by what you do today. But in verse 8, 
It says, Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. He asked them, what's your advice? How should we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke your father put on us? Well, the young men had grown up with him. They replied, these people have said to you, your father put a heavy yoke on us, make our yoke lighter. Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke, I'll make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I'll scourge you with scorpions. So three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to Rehoboam, as the king had said, come back to me in three days. And the king answered the people harshly, rejecting the advice given him by the elders. He followed the advice of the young men and said, my father made your yoke heavy, I'll make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips, I'll scourge you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people. And in this moment, the kingdom divides. In this moment, the once great nation of Israel becomes split. A northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. Like a civil war. The northern kingdom makes their own king, goes their own way. The southern kingdom, which consists of two tribes, follows Rehoboam. And this moment that was supposed to mark the beginning of Rehoboam's reign marks the downfall of a nation. All because Rehoboam wouldn't listen to the right voices. And as I was looking at this text, I realized there are a lot of voices in this text. I won't list all of them for you, but of course, you know, there's the voice of the elders. We see that clearly. We see the voice of the young men. That's pretty clear. There's Rehoboam's voice. He answers harshly. There's Jeroboam. He speaks for the people. There's the voice of the people when it says that Rehoboam didn't listen to the people. All these different voices. And I've always preached this text that if you don't let the right voices direct your decisions, you won't reach the right destinations. Like every time I've read this text, studied it, preached it, I've preached it in this way, like you got to have the right people in your life in order to get to the right places. Because if God's going to do something in your life, he's going to do it through a person. Like we had our, our visioneering team meeting on Thursday. And if you don't know what visioneering is, it's a team of people that lead the way through generous giving. And we're talking about the things we're going to do this year with our building and some other projects. And, we're, you know, it's a big number that we want to raise. We want, need 500000 just to do some stuff in our building, all this. But I was talking about how, you know, we believe God's going to do this. But what's funny is in all the years that I've been pastoring, I've never seen a check signed Jehovah Jireh. It's always got somebody's name attached to it. And in your life, the things that God wants to do, when God wants to bless your life, he's going to do it through a person. When God wants to move you to a new place, he's going to bring a person into your life. You need the right people in your life to get to the right places. The right people can unlock the potential that's inside of you. The wrong people can have the opposite effect. So we need to discern who those people are who are supposed to be in our life because wrong voices lead to wrong choices. You're getting there. But I noticed something this week. That's how I preach this text, how I studied it. 
I noticed something this week when I was preparing to give you this message that I'd never noticed before. <laughs> what I noticed is that for all the voices that are in this text, and there's a lot of them, there's one voice that's missing. Did you see that? For all the voices that it mentions, there is one voice that is not there. And that's the voice of God. No one in this text ever inquires about the voice of God. And this is not something that would have been foreign. God would routinely speak to his people through prophets. A prophet is somebody who spoke on behalf of God to the people. You see this during this time, before this time, after this time. Before the first king of Israel was ever inaugurated, King Saul, God spoke through a prophet, Samuel. Long after there was no more monarchy, long after the nation of Israel was in captivity, God still spoke to his people through prophets. Even in this text, you go one more chapter over, chapter 13, the very first verse says that a prophet went to go speak to Jeroboam because Jeroboam was the king of northern kingdom, started doing some wrong stuff. God sent a prophet to him. God spoke through prophets in this time, but in this passage, nobody takes the time to inquire about the voice of God. And I bring that up to you for this reason, that whenever God's voice is absent, problems will always be present. Whenever God's voice is absent, you can guarantee that problems are always going to be present. Now let me clarify this a little bit because the truth is God's voice is never absent. God's voice is always speaking. He speaks through his word. Most of all, he speaks through his word. He speaks to us directly through his spirit. He can speak to us in any manner of different ways. Speak to you through this sermon. So the problem is not God isn't speaking. When I'm saying that God's voice being absent, I'm not trying to suggest to you that God's being silent. No, whenever God's voice is absent, it's only because we're not asking. And yet, I meet so many people who will ask everyone for their opinion, but God. Because many times we're not looking for a different viewpoint. What we're looking for is validation. And when we don't find it, we're going to go get it someplace else. That's what was going on here. I don't know if you noticed it. I'd never noticed this before till this time. That I always thought in this passage, this is the way I read it. Rehoboam, he's faced with this big decision. He doesn't know what to do. His dad has died. Now he's king. The people want something from him. He's, not, he's never been in this situation before. What's he going to do? So he goes and he asks the elders, what should I do in this situation? Never been here before. And they say, this is what you should do. Okay, he listens to that. Then he goes and he talks to the younger advisors, people that are advising him right now. They're his age and says, hey, this is the situation. What should I do in this scenario? And they say, uh, this is what you should do. So Rehoboam, he, he's got these two pieces of advice, and he's weighing the pros and cons. And then he decides, you know what, I like the younger advice better, and it goes with that one. That's how I always read it. But that's not what happens. 
Did you know that? that? This is what happens. He goes to the elders. This is what the people want. The elders give him an answer. And then this is what it says in verse 8. But Rehoboam rejected the advice the elders gave him. Then he consulted with the young men who'd grown up with him. He had already rejected what the elders said before he ever talked to his younger advisors. And so the reason God's voice is absent many times in our life is because we already know what God's going to say. You know, like how sometimes like this happens in my household. Like sometimes kids, they'll be like, hey, mom, can I do this? And it's like, go ask your dad. It's because they already know what dad's going to say. So they want to ask mom. Many times we leave God's voice absent because we already know what God's going to say. It's not hard to figure out. He's going to say, humble yourself. He's going to say, find a way to serve. He's going to say, repent of your sin. He's going to say, you need to forgive them. He's going to say, you need to ask for forgiveness. He's going to say, you need to put me first. You need to be generous. He's going to say, pursue righteousness. He's going to say, pursue holiness. He's going to say, be faithful with where you're at. God's voice is not hard to understand. The only time God's voice is absent is because we already know what God's going to say. So we just don't even go there. Well, in this text, whenever I study, I try and look at the text from so many different angles. I'm looking at it in different translations. I'm focusing on certain words. I'm looking at it in the Hebrew, if it's Old Testament, Greek, if it's New Testament. I don't speak Greek or Hebrew, but I know how to study. I'm looking at all these different things. I noticed something as I was studying this week that whenever it talked about the advice of the older men, it used one word. Whenever it talked about the advice of the younger men, he used a different word. When he's talking about consulting or counseling with the older men, it uses this word. It means counsel, means wisdom, means advice. When he's talking about consulting with the younger men, it does mean counsel or consulting, but it also means conspire. I thought that was interesting because if you read this verse 8 like this, that Rehoboam rejected the counsel the elders gave him and conspired with the young men who'd grown up and were serving him, what you see is that Rehoboam already knew what he wanted to do. He didn't want advice. He wanted assistance. To the old men, he said, how would you advise me? To the young men, he said, how should we answer these people? Meaning, I've already made up my mind. I just need help crafting my statement. I know what I want to do. Help me do it effectively. And the problem with Rehoboam's response is this, is that wrong voices can never lead you to the right places. Wrong voices will never lead you to the right places. You see, voices aren't just viewpoints. Voices are also vehicles. They don't just inform your perspective, they drive your destiny. And the wrong voice can never lead you to the right place. The voices that you are allowing into your life right now are laying down the foundation for your future footing. Now this isn't the only time that this happens in scripture. We can see it 
all through different places in the scripture. I was thinking about another time Israel had this problem. Wrong voices never lead you to the right places. When they were about to go in to the nation of Israel, when they were about to go into the promised land, the land that, that God had for them, Moses was leading them out of Egypt. And before they got there, he sent 12 spies into the land. You might know the story. They went, they looked at the land, they investigated it. They came back with a report. Ten of them had an evil report. Two of them had a good report. And I don't know why, maybe uh, because I said voices or vehicles. I'm thinking of my son who I'm teaching to drive. My oldest son is 14. I'm driving. Pray for me. And uh, I was thinking how there's 10 and 2. Voices or vehicles. There's 10 and 2. 10 gave an evil report. 2 gave a good report. 10 gave a wrong report. 2 gave a right report. You can't get to the right place if you're listening to the wrong voice. It's not just them. This decision that Rehoboam made, he listened, he followed the voice of his friends. Well, the Israelites, of course, they wandered in the, some of them, those that followed the wrong voice, they never entered into the promised land. They wandered around in the desert, the wilderness for 40 years, never got there. Rehoboam listened to the voice of his friends and he never was able to restore the kingdom. Devastated the nation, split in two. And we can listen to wrong voices and create a situation for ourselves where we will spend years trying to pick up the pieces all because we listened to one wrong voice, to one piece of bad advice from someone who really doesn't have your heart, someone who really doesn't care about you, someone who really doesn't understand the way life works because the wrong voice can never lead you to the right place. And I guess I feel a little burdened for this because I'm noticing a trend in culture now where we're listening to voices thinking that it's wisdom, but it's really cynicism. See, cynicism parades around as wisdom, but it's a counterfeit. Both wisdom and cynicism will ask questions. But when wisdom asks a question, it brings clarity. When cynicism asks a question, it brings confusion. Both wisdom and cynicism will point things out. But when wisdom points something out, it brings a solution. When cynicism points things out, it brings a problem. Both wisdom and cynicism have a voice. But when wisdom speaks, it speaks truth, speaks righteousness, speaks faith. Cynicism, when it speaks, it speaks doubt. Cynicism looks like wisdom, but it's manipulation. It's a counterfeit wisdom. And you got to watch this because, see, what you hear gets in your heart. And if you're listening to cynical voices, you're going to become cynical. You won't be full of faith. You'll be full of doubt. <laughs> Thing is, it's not just what people are saying. 
it's the things that we're looking at. The things that you scroll get in your spirit. You know that phrase, show me your friends, I'll show you your future? I got a new one. Show me your feed, I'll show you your feelings. And you're wondering why you feel so stressed. You're wondering why you feel so depressed, why you feel so down. It's because what you're feeding on, it's the voices. The voice you listen to will determine the reality you experience. You don't have to be everybody's friend on Facebook. You don't have to follow everybody on Instagram. So what do you do? Let me tell you this. You can't stop the voices, but you can block the noises. Now, some of you, I can already tell you're excited. You're taking out your phone. You're blocking people left and right. Just hold on a minute. It's not exactly what I'm talking about. Maybe you need to. Maybe that's talk to God about it. You can't stop the voices, but you can block the noises. You know what this is? You guys ever seen this before? This has to be the greatest invention ever created in the history of mankind. This is um, some noise-canceling AirPods. It's amazing. My wife got these for me a couple years ago, whenever they came out. It was a beautiful gift because it was at Christmas, and we were at her parents' house. What are you thinking? I didn't go there, you did. But anyways, I, um, the way they work, it's amazing. You put this in, just put them in like so, and the moment you put them in, they're active noise canceling. I can't hear anything. It's almost like just regular preaching to you. I don't hear anything. But I don't want to talk about, um, I don't want to talk about what happens with them. I want to talk about how they work. It's pretty fascinating how these things work. I, I Googled it because I wanted to look smart in front of you, but I also want to explain it to you. There's a spiritual application. I don't know if you know how these things work, but look it up for yourself. Go on YouTube. You'll find a video. But the way these things work is each AirPod not only has a speaker, but it's got a microphone. And the microphone picks up the noise that comes in. And in addition to the speaker that goes in your ear, it's got another speaker that puts sound out. So the way this happens is like when sound comes in, sound comes in at high pressure points and low pressure points. Sound comes in in peaks and valleys. That's usually where the noise is, where it's hard to hear. In peaks, big opportunities, and valleys when you're down. In moments of high pressure, moments of low pressure where you think you have it all together. There's noise. The microphone picks up the noise that comes in. And through another speaker, it puts out the exact opposite sound. And it cancels out the noise. So here's the application, is that you can't stop the voices, but you can block the noises. I can't stop people from speaking. I can't stop all the voices that are coming out me, coming at me, but I can block them with an opposite response. Out my speaker, out my mouth. So when there's a voice that comes in, 
that says, you're going to mess this up. You're always a failure. You're going to screw it up somehow. I hear that. And out of my speak, I speak with my mouth. Thank you, God, who always causes me to triumph, who always leads me in victory. There's a voice that comes in that says, what are you going to do about this? Aren't you worried? How is this going to work out? You're, you're done. It's over for you. I, speak, I hear that, and then I speak out of my mouth. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. When that voice comes in that says, don't know what to do, so confusing, whatever you do is going to be a wrong decision. I'm going to say, Scripture says that if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it to everyone liberally. As that noise comes in, I speak out the opposite, God's word. Let me show this to you in Scripture. Paul wrote this in Ephesians 6, 7. 617. He says, embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance. Like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. What does the helmet do? Goes over your ears. And take the mighty, razor sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Spoken word. Not just read it, but speak it. He goes on to say, Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. In other words, speak it out of your mouth every way you can. Ask God for help. Declare his truth. Confess his promises. As the noise comes in, you can't stop it from speaking, but you can block the noise by putting out of your mouth the opposite response of what God's word has said. I'm trying to give you some sound advice today about the power of voices in your life. And whenever God's voice is absent, problems are always gonna be present. Don't try and make a decision without asking God, without inquiring him. Go to God. Because you'll never get to the right places listening to the wrong voices. You will mess up your life spending years trying to pick up the pieces because of one bad piece of information. Someone that doesn't care about you, doesn't love you, doesn't understand the way the world works, doesn't understand the kingdom of God. But when those noises are coming in, when the voices are chattering, you can choose what to listen to. You can choose to listen to God's voice and speak out his truth in your life and block the other noises. I hope this is helping you. This is just the introduction. We're going to look more into this this next few weeks through the series. I want to say a prayer for everybody here.